Hello, hello, and welcome hello, back here to we another are. episode. Yeah. This is the place. We it's are. Here we are now. Entertain us, etc. Are you not entertained? Yeah. What, what, what is that from? Is that from Gladiator? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that, that's an okay movie. Anyway, uh, uh, today <laughs> we're talking about, uh, this is a, a effortless segue into the advertised topic in the episode title. Um, we're talking about a couple of a couple of songs, aren't we, Nick? As is yeah, our, our yeah. Vote. So so today we decided, you know, other times we talk about different things, but today we decided to talk about one song. Uh, and, and in addition to that, we decided we would talk about another song. Yeah. So two two separate songs, mm-hmm. um, and and these two are "Debaser" by the Pixies and "Heart Shaped Box" by Nirvana. Heck yes. Uh, so so we're doing like I, I, I think uh, maybe the idea is we've been we've been going down a little bit of like a prog hole recently in recent eps. You know, we've, we've done a lot of like these like and so like you kind of got to kind of balance it out with a little bit of like uh, like cool guy, like grunge music, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you're you're, I think, a bit more of a Nirvana fan than I am, Nick. What, what, what do you you uh, had a big like. Um, exploration of grunge a few years ago as right. I recall. It's unbelievable to me now, but it was it was really it was five years ago at this point was really when mm. I finally got into um like the the nineties music scene generally. Cause like I don't know if if a lot of people would consider like Pearl Band per, Pearl Jam a grunge <laughs> Pearl Band. I, I think um, I, I think I think Pearl Band are considered grunge. <laughs> I, I think they're lumped yeah, in with those Pearl bands. Jam. Yeah, I yeah, I mean like they they are and they aren't. I feel like or um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just want to name Sound drop blogging. this band. Maybe we can yeah. talk about them more later. Um, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, yeah. are definitely part of the the '90s scene in some RCP. sort of way. You know, Radiohead, Radiohead are fantastic. Radiohead, we should just Radiohead <laughs> and Pearl Band are some of my favorite bands. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. So the the uh, the Irish cream and coffees is maybe getting to me a little bit over here. Um, well, what no, I think yeah. is interesting is that like I think those are all bands that come out of like uh, that are sort of like the the full like commercial flowering of like. 80s underground punk music right absolutely to some extent and i think that that uh rhcp (laughs) as i like to call them being a huge rhcp fan (laughs) um and pearl band and radiohead are are sort of like uh, well rhcp like you know uh harkening back to our minutemen episode yet again uh as i did in another episode who would have thought that that would have become like a pivotal like moment, the seminal. Uh, <laughs> but you know, like, like I think there's a very clear line to be drawn from their blend of punk and funk to Red Hot Chili Peppers' blend of punk and funk. You know, that's like with, with like rapping, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, and Nirvana certainly, I guess, are the ultimate example of like sort of like an alternative band. And it happened before. I think REM are a significant artist and that they were like on an indie record label and sort of like labored in obscurity. And then without really doing anything different, 
mm-hmm. broke into the mainstream in a big way and signed to a major label and like people took notice and were like it became a huge band. And I don't think that had really happened in America anyway previously. Right. And then, like, you know, people all of a sudden record labels were like, oh, there's these like underground things that have like massive commercial potential. Um, and I think Nirvana get get into that, which, uh, you know, I like Nirvana fine. I, I f- I'm finding I, I've recently been listening to them a little bit more and I, I find a lot of the music a little tedious, frankly, because mm-hmm. um, it's like it's so intense and dour and like mm-hmm. sad, you know, and there's this whole like sad narrative. Like it'd be one thing to listen to this really like angry, sad music. And like Kurt Cobain is like alive and well and like like aging into like arena rock stardom, you know, but like right. it's so sad to li- like think about it, be like, man, here's this guy like writing this like depressing music who like was actually like very, very depressed and like, you know, took his own life and or was murdered or whatever. And and like, I, I, I don't know if I, I don't think that I, I have no I don't know anything really about conspiracy theories as far as that goes. But mm-hmm. um, that said, I do really like this record that this, you know, uh, 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 um, in utero, you know, great, great album, uh, heart shaped box, which is the Nirvana song that we're talking about. Uh, I think it's a fantastic track. Um, and I thought that it went well with the pixie song because like, I obviously, I think like a lot of ink has been spilled over like the pixies influence on Nirvana. Right. Cause pixies kind of were like, uh, a little earlier than them, you know, they've put up their first couple records in the, in the end, tail end of the 80s and they really pioneered mm-hmm. this kind of like harsh um, punk, but like a little more like commercial than punk to some degree. Like like they, they were obviously like very good at their instruments and like their you know, music, their songs were very like put together and they did a lot of things with this like quiet verse, loud chorus kind of thing with these like very like intense uh, dynamic shifts like that. Which, right. frankly, this song we're talking about, like, Debaser doesn't really do that. But, like, uh, um, it's that kind of kind of thing. And I think that Heart Shaped Box has a real Pixies kind of sound to it to me. Uh, but, yeah. So so what, what, what is your story with Nirvana particularly? So I don't think we, we haven't done an episode with them in it, right? Uh, no, I don't think we've ever yeah. uh, covered them really. Um you know, Heart Shape Box is off of In Utero, I think, as you mentioned, which is their their third album. Um, and if we're going to, like, rank Nirvana albums, you'd have to say, like, it's maybe their... It's probably the best mixture of, like, like, like commercially, uh, commercially excellent, but, like, creatively creative. <laughs> sure. If that makes sense, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. You know, their well, other two albums are, are not as well-balanced, I don't think. I, I, I Right, right. My understanding, Bleach is, is rather intense mm-hmm. and comparatively difficult to listen to, I suppose, as like a mainstream music fan. Nirvana, uh, sorry, uh, Nevermind is quite polished. Um, that said, um, so this record was, you know, In Utero was produced by Steve Albini, who's sort of like notable for um, being like a very, like, having a very... Uh, uh, unfiltered and intense kind of production style. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he considers himself a producer so much as an engineer. And so he just kind of puts people in a room and has them play. And this track along with, um, I think the other singles off the albums, so I think like, uh, it's all, all apologies is on that record, right? So like all apologies mm-hmm. and, um, uh, 
Penny Royalty and Rate Me, along with this song, had additional overdubs and production done by actually R.E.M.'s longtime producer, Scott Litt. Uh, and so these are like a, those are like a little more polished, I guess, than the rest of right. the record. Um, and I did listen to the Steve Albini pro- like pro- produced uh, version of Heart Shaped Box, and it, it's pretty similar. Like it's basically it's missing like like I think like the harmony vocal isn't in there, like the second mm-hmm. vocal line. And there's like um, I think like basically they like double tracks, uh, but they like added a second guitar playing yeah. the same part pretty much. And I think that, and it's mixed very differently. Like it's, it's a lot more like condensed sounding and it's like, it sounds like it's recorded. Like it sounds more like you're like in like a small room with Nirvana and then less like, it's like a, like a regular sounding kind of like nineties, you know, like a grunge track, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty interesting. I, I, I'm very interested in this like narrative of like Kurt Cobain, like kind of seemingly sort of like, wanting to like branch out beyond just like punk music, not just punk music, but this like sort of, you know, more like stripped down kind of sound and wanting to do something very commercial and like tuneful and like make like a quote unquote, like real record, I guess with nevermind. That seems to be sort of like the story around it that they're like, okay, we're going to make like our, we're going to do like a real studio album, you know? Which is great, and I think that 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 that's super cool. But then it's interesting to have this like real reversal. I think that speaks to the difficulty that that he had with like their, you know, new fame and whatever. And obviously, he had a lot going on uh, as far as that goes. Um, but uh, so 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 do do you? I I can't recall, Nick. Do you like the Pixies? Have you listened much to them? Yeah. So so I I like their hits. I've never really dove really deep in on them mm-hmm. um but like this this song and then what's their what's their their big hit uh monkey gone to heaven maybe no gigantic no <laughs> um uh where's my mind where's, where's my, my mind, mind sort of thing sure sure yeah i love i love that song i'd say that that's maybe yeah, yeah. one of my one of my favorite songs it's it's easily my favorite uh pixie song you know, I think uh, Black Francis on vocals is is excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, they were so the Pixies uh, influenced Nirvana to an extent, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I think um, they had like a. I think part of why they are as popular as they are now, because they they weren't a very big band um, the first time around, uh, is is that uh, Kurt Cobain like dro- name dropped them in interviews. Uh, oh times. okay okay yeah and 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 that kind of like sparked so they're one of these bands a little bit like the ramones where like they seem like in retrospect they were a much bigger deal than they actually were because like they became you know because like the pixies when they reunited in like the early 2000s after having been broken up for over a decade like were like selling out like arenas and stuff like fairly quickly right. where they like were nowhere near that kind of popularity when they actually existed as a band. And they were great live. I saw them, uh, um, uh, they were on tour with Weezer. I saw them a few years ago, uh, in Atlanta and they were so good. Just like, like mm-hmm. very like professional kind of a vibe, which is sort of interesting, uh, you know, for the kind of music that they do, but like, like they were great, just like tight and, and, excellent the real real yeah just like a great band to see live right. but any, anyway uh yeah i i'm i i love them they're one of my favorite bands i mean so so this album that 
Debasers off of Doolittle is like, I think generally considered to be like their like best album, I guess. Um, and it's perfect as far as I'm concerned. Like all the tracks are amazing. And um, I mean, their first two records, uh, Come On Pilgrim and Surfer Rose are also really good. Um, after Doolittle, they like take kind of a turn into a more sort of like commercial kind of sound with their next couple of albums. Um, Trompe Le Monde and I can't think of what the other one's called. Um, but those are both also both very good. I, and have, have a lot of the, the album after do little, um, Trompe Le Monde, I think has like a, a bunch of tracks on it that I really so, like. So basically what I'm getting out of this, Charles, is that mm-hmm. Debaser is like almost as good of a song as I'm in touch with your world is from our last episode. Absolutely. I, I would say maybe it's even a little better. I think mm. <laughs> um, that's, that's a that's a bold take. But one thing that's interesting <laughs> about Debaser is uh, it's it's about a surrealist film by Salvador Dali called uh, Un Chien Andalou. Um, so the, the lyrics of the song, I, I think this is interesting, are got me a movie. Ah, ha, ha, ho. Slicing up eyeballs. Ah, ha, ha, ho. Girly so groovy. Ah, ha, ha, ho. Don't know about you, but I am Un Chien Andalusia. When I grow up to be, be a debaser. Those are the, the words to the song. And I, I, there are like no other lyrics to the song, basically. And in Un Chien Andalou, uh, it's this like 20 minute uh, like surrealist film and uh, the sort of like key which i've seen because i i was curious because i really like the song and the key like visual is a um there's there's like like a funeral procession if i remember correctly or maybe it's just like a herd of cattle or something like that some kind of something like processing intercut with footage of a scalpel getting closer and closer to a woman's eye um, ah, and finally, okay. the, there's a shot of the, the scalpel cutting into the eye, which the eye is like it's like a goat's eye or something like that. They like did something. And it's like very, very uncomfortable to watch because it's like scary, like because violence done to the eyes. This is very like it, it is apparently like one of the scariest things to humans, which makes sense. Um, and so that's that's what the song is about. <laughs> um, but what's funny about it is that like it's talking about like. And, and they're they're the Pixies lyrics are generally very surreal in the sense that like Black Francis, their their lead singer, who was also their main songwriter, um, would write automatically a lot, if that makes sense. So he's like kind of using a lot of sort of dream logic kind of stuff and just sort of like writing lyrics that are maybe like sparked by an initial idea. Like he writes a lot of songs about stuff from the Bible, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh you know, and then but then from there, it moves into this area um, of like um, sort of like strange imagery. And uh, but but that said, like, it's not like John Lennon's strange imagery where it like actually doesn't really make any sense. Like there's sort of a dream logic through line to it. Uh, mm-hmm. But what's funny about Debaser to me is that like this is guy who's like watching this like surrealist movie and he wants to grow up to be a debaser whatever that means, right? Like over, like, like, like work outside of like, uh, the established way of doing things, presumably like, uh, overthrow, like, or, you know, like, like, like do something that like, like, uh, uh, removes the foundation, like shifts the foundations of things, be like an iconoclast. But then like, this is like the most straightforward song, (laughs) you know, like on the Mm -hmm. album, you know, like it's, it's just like a good, like straightforward rock song (laughs) in a lot of ways. And there's really nothing very like, uh, um, 
particularly like uh, uh, uncomfortable or like like the song is very removed from the short film that inspired it. If that makes right. sense, right. it's not like uncomfortable really to listen to. Which I so think uh, so why specifically are we doing um, uh, debaser and heart shaped box? Well, I thought that the uh, a big hallmark of the Pixies sound is their lead guitarist Joey Santiago does these really like wild kind of Hendrixy guitar lines, which often include the, a lot of like bent notes, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, for those of you who, who don't know on a guitar, on electric guitar, particularly very often guitarists will uh, bend the string that they're playing on with their left hand as they fret the the note. And that like causes the pitch to modulate and causes the pitch to go up and it creates a kind of like, wow, wow, you know, kind of sound that, um, you hear in like Purple Haze or something, for example, uh, or in Debaser and also in Heart Shaped Box, like this, you know, like that, that kind of thing. I feel like it's like a very pixie sounding guitar part. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like Heart Shaped Box has like that kind of quiet verse, loud chorus thing that the pixies were were instrumental in sort of like introducing as a way of doing rock music, I guess. Right. Um, very cool. Yeah. So what about so Heart Box? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that's like it's a very pixie sounding Nirvana song. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I I'm like I'm like kicking myself you're, for not having my mic plugged in and now I'm drunk, Nick. That's yeah, what's that's, going on. That's what it no, is. No, no, no. So um, so there's that which is nice. Yeah, so Nirvana, Heart Shape Box, etc. etc. Uh here we yeah. are in the olden days. Um which song yeah. is better, Charles? I mean, I like Debaser more, probably. Right. I, like I said, I, Nirvana are a band that I find challenging, I think. Right. Um, well, that's, so that's the thing. It's a sentiment is I relate to, necessarily. Nirvana, like, like grunge music in general, but Nirvana more so than maybe any of these other bands, are really hard to enjoy when you're in a good spot in life, I feel Sure, like. yes. You know? Yeah, it's not feel good. Like, um, uh, the Pixies, I feel like I can listen to whenever. Frankly, they're a good yeah, green totally. band for me and uh, mm-hmm. Nirvana. I don't think I've been in a space where and I think when I'm sad, I tend to go in more of a like a Joni Mitchell kind of a direction. Frankly, oh, okay, if, I'm, yeah, yeah. if I'm like depressed, I'm like I listen to like sad, like quiet music. I was like Nick Drake or something and, and not necessarily uh, <laughs> right. something I have to like uh, make myself angry i think sometimes with music i i i I, but then like um a good angry band for me is actually ben folds i listen to like ben folds because he writes a lot of songs where like um they're like breakup songs but like he places a lot of blame on the other person in his music Uh like like the songs are like the narrator is like self-loathing but like is genuinely like angry at the other person. I think that's a hard emotion for me to feel. And so sometimes that's nice to listen to, to be for somebody to be like, there you go. Hey, there you go. you're a, you're a terrible person. <laughs> Dude, that it'd be awesome if there was a Lord of the Rings reference in, uh, in stairway. <laughs> I'm surprised there's not stairway <laughs> to like Valinor. I don't know. You're right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And then Melkor. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be beautiful. 
There's a feeling I get when I think of the fall of Gondolin <laughs> and Gothmog, the dragon uh, uh, killed by Tor, son of Turin. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great to have like a like a middle Zeppelin. Yeah. Like, like, okay, okay, everything is just Middle Earth lyrics. Like that. Yeah, be, yeah. Just rewrite everything to be about Middle Earth. I, 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 I'd be into that. I think just. You, I think you could, don't even have to like complicate. It. I think you just like dress as Lord of the Rings characters and play Led Zeppelin songs, and I think people be into that. Oh, totally. Frankly, yeah. You yeah. know, um, have like Gandalf on. You know, you got Gandalf on vocals. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, who who plays lead guitar in? In the fellowship. Oh well, it has to be it has to be Gimli, right? Because he has an axe. Interesting. See, I think of Gimli more as a bass player myself because he's short and okay, not good well, looking. If, I mean, if a bass is an axe, <laughs> then I'll take it. Well, I'm thinking like Eugene Simmons has an axe bass. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so, so like the, that's already like branded. You know, you could just buy one. You know, I don't know. I think of like Aragorn, but then like I guess like I think of Aragorn as the guitar player. I don't know, but then like. Is like Legolas on keys, I guess, because like elves are kind of no. You know what? You know what? He's the he's the Ian Anderson of the band, quite honestly. Mm, He's playing flute, you think? Yeah, on his toes, all nimble and lithe. Yeah, that that's very good. A flute kind of looks like a bow too. Mm. Who's playing drums? The Balrog, maybe. Melting the cymbals back there with his with his heat and his flavor. Okay, okay, but you know what? You know what? I I'm changing my pick for lead vocals. I want Worm Tongue on vocals. Ooh, that's very interesting. I mean, if, yeah, if, what if this if, is like a punk band, come on. Hey, what if it's the bad guys too? You know, and you got the Lord of the of the Nazgul on drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which and he, and he sings too, like the guy from Night Ranger. Like he's also like a singer. <laughs> he's like a backing vocalist. And then you got. Uh, the Eye of Sauron uh, is like their sound guy, I guess. <laughs> or whatever. Um, and uh, I guess like I mean, I, Gollum has like great bass player fingers. I don't know if he's a bad guy. I don't know if you consider him a villain necessarily. So the thing so. is, I mean, like if if you've got Gollum in the band, I feel like somehow he has to be mobile. Like the way he mm-hmm. flails and the way he uses all his limbs sort of yeah. lend him to being maybe a percussionist, but he has yeah. to be, but I feel like he still has to be kind of mobile, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I get what you mean. I could, maybe he has one of those like blue band group, like drum harnesses right. or like, 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 like in um one of those like drum things, like they have in like marching band, <laughs> mm-hmm. like with like the bunch of, the Who's bunch of Tom Toms. Uh, you know what? So, so the, the lead singer from 21 pilots is all over the stage all the time. Mm-hmm. Whatever his name is, I can't remember. But like, I, I that's what know. I see Gollum doing, like, like jumping around sure. in like the uh, the infrastructure. Maybe it's one of those situations where you know how like some bands, like like new metal bands, have like a like a singing vocalist and a rapping vocalist, or like a, mm-hmm. like a melodic vocalist, and like a screaming vocalist. Maybe that's right. Worm Tongue and and Gollum. They're like a two hander. Yeah. Like. Um, like in like like uh, Fugazi or something where there's 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 like two front men mm. uh, and then like then you got like honestly the rest of the band could just be ring wraiths frankly I think that would look cool uh, maybe you got like Saruman playing keep I mean he kind of looks like Rick Wakeman already he'd be playing <laughs> keyboards <laughs> really good oh man 
that's like I was thinking about it the other day, like Rick Wakeman in like touring with Yes in the 70s when he would wear like his capes, the silver <laughs> cape. Yeah. And I think about too. Have you ever seen that live footage of him playing his uh, King Arthur album with an orchestra? Um, no, I've never, I've never watched that. Look it up. It's pretty cool. It's like an okay record. Ultimately. Um, I, I, you know, there, there's some, it's a little weird and like boring cause it's, you know, I don't know if I love Rick Wakeman solo records, but like, it's not as good as journey to the center of the earth. I'll say that. Um, but, uh, or six wives of Henry the eighth. Um, but, uh, he wears like chain mail. He's like wearing this like sparkly chain mail outfit during the, the taping. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That was the show that they did. Uh, they performed it on ice. And oh, they famously yeah. had horses on ice. I just <laughs> I completely forgot about that. But yeah, he did it on ice. And this like televised thing is just like a concert version of it. But like, yeah, they had horses on ice. Yeah. Uh, any any parting shots, Charles? You know, um, I just want to say keep safe out there. Hopefully when we release this, the world hasn't fallen back into insanity or something. Uh, and, relative, uh, relative insanity. I'm going to cease recording in three, <laughs> two, one.